the Fox show, um, you're listening, you're tuning in in your car somewhere, you're watching, you're wondering who are these guys, you know, I stumbled on, Christopher Walken's on the show, I'm not sure, is he? Maybe. <laughs> Fox show and this is an overlord movie podcast review discussion i particularly want to talk about this movie overlord because i feel like it's it's going to be one of those ones that kind of went under the radar when it came out in theaters so it's coming out in redbox recently so overlord starring uh, wyatt russell kurt russell's son i want to get into this i have miguel uh, my friend and also a uh, tv film colleague producer over here i want to talk about this movie he's actually the one that bought the blu-ray and got me into it so i got to give him props um so miguel give me a few reasons why people should watch overlord dude. well it's funny first of all Creed 2 had a montage. Yeah, it just, just wasn't one up shitty to, one. It, it wasn't be like, up to like... A Rocky movie, Creed movie should standard. have like seven montages. Dude. But I just wanted to should be like 40% clear that one out. No, yeah. yeah, that's true. Uh, well, yeah, um, I feel like I was one of the only people that did go see it in the movie theater. I wanted to, it just didn't work out, but you were hyped. And um, I was really, I was like, I wanted to see it and I had literally waited till last weekend Yeah, when it was in theater and I was like, okay, I have to go see it. So I took my nephew to see it and we both really enjoyed this film mm-hmm. um very underrated film yeah. like it's too bad i think that the timing of it it came out after halloween well it came out with the girl of the spider's web yeah and the grinch okay it was we'll expected see. to make like 10 to 8 to 13 million it made 10 million yeah so it ended up kind of hitting what they expected yeah and i mean well i think worldwide it made about 50 million which yeah, is it was, like it was 41 million to a budget of 38 well, so that's not so, bad. So they I made mean, three it, million on a low budget kind of under the radar movie like this. That's yeah, pretty good. Yeah, and then and just the style of the film too is so cool because it's to me it's a, it's a mixture of the old World War Two like classic films. Yeah, of like you know we have to get this done in a certain amount of time because or like you know the American forces won't be able to you know come across the river or whatnot. And it also just has the horror sci fi element thrown in there too, like with a little you know sprinkled in there and it's like and because it doesn't overpower the movie which i think is great i think no. it is a war movie first and then it's like then it turns into a horror movie well so. i think for me and i think you might kind of be get on the same uh, wavelength i was at is that it's very different what what, like, what other movie have we watched that was just like this you know yeah so you got a world war ii movie for vets you know people who like that and i, I texted my dad and i said hey you should check out this movie you'll like it so anyone who likes saving private ryan i think for example is gonna yeah. like this movie and then any zombie fans you know, and horror fans. Yeah. So it really combines two different genres in a really interesting way. So I think a lot of people watch and say, oh, I haven't really seen anything like this. Yeah. You know, they'll think of the Call of Duty zombies. I was just about to say zombies. that. Like, that, like I, literally after I got out of the movie, I went and purchased the D- zombie DLC stuff because I was like, well, now I really want to play this because it, well, it does you probably make... got a little bit of zombie Call of Duty as soon as you watched the trailer, right? Yeah, I yeah. mean, that's what... And then I thought it was going to be more like, yeah, just a straight-on zombie yeah. flick. And yeah. I, obviously, I'm excited about that. I love zombies. But... I really am happy they didn't do that. Me too. I think it turned it's a better film because of it. Yeah, you know, because again, the zombie thing is, you know, it's starting to get a little tiresome. I mean, because well, it, it was like, zombies, right? But it was more like also experiments. Yeah, and I like the fact that in the movie it's set after Hitler's already taken down. Yeah. So you know, I, I kind of forget sometimes that the Nazis were still trying to fight after he committed suicide. They yeah. still had a fight to try to win. You know, yeah. those assholes. Um, and so they are. They're trying to make these special soldiers, Nobody right? Yeah, they're trying to make these special soldiers, and somewhere in France. Um, there's something under the the uh, soil that they think causes something, you know, yeah. that does this evil or can make people live a long it's time. Like the, I feel like it's the blood of, like, the innocents. All almost, the people? Pretty much, Well, yeah. it was black, though. The stuff they got from the ground was black. 
Yeah, so well, it's funny. Okay, I... so it's it's also kind of funny because I mean, it's technically. I mean, this is obviously not based on a true story, but no, Hitler did try to find occult stuff. Oh, there was all kinds of. That's why Hydra in the MCU is kind of interesting because it did. There was parallel. He yeah. was trying to find whatever mm-hmm. he could to win. Well, he and, thought that I think he thought the Aryan race was from Atlantis. Atlantis. Yeah. Well, because wow. if you think he he thought I have, I mean I've read this somewhere. Pretty sure it was a History Channel. I think I saw it on. But like, yeah, he the blue blue eyes, blonde hair thing. He thinks that that's what all the Atlantic people look like. Yeah. I mean, Aquaman, original Aquaman was. Well, kind I'm of not. Like, I'm not sure about that. We're not but, necessarily history podcast, but we do know that uh, you know a lot of the experiments they did on twins and mm-hmm. identical twins and people who were deaf and blind and everything oh, to yeah, see where is... it came from. They made a superhero, supervillain. Yeah. So that's definitely part of him. And, and last thing, you know, it gets him like X Men First Class. Yeah. You know, with Magneto and everything, he kind of shapes his skill and makes him the supervillain that he is. So yeah. it's interesting. Yeah, Hitler did have a kind of a point of view in terms of trying to make people super yeah. to make his super evil. Well, he just world, he knew that he wasn't you know? going to win, yeah. you know, so he had to do whatever he needed to do to do. Well, I like the but. fact that uh, under the they talked about it was very like one or two lines talked about the stuff underground mm. of where they were getting the stuff, and then yeah. it just went straight into the situation itself yeah. to where you know the, the villagers in France are already getting you know tested on, and some were looking pretty bad. So like yeah. it's a positive reaction, it's a negative. Well, we, I like how like us as the viewers are basically in the same boat as the U.S. soldiers. Soldiers, yeah. We are also discovering just as they are, so we're trying to piece together. And I think that's a good style of storytelling. Like instead of giving us the answer, it gives us the ability to figure out the answer. Yeah. Just as they are, and I think that that gives you more. You know, it makes you more inclined to be more focused into the film because you're now you are a character just like they are. You're just as lost, so you want to know what's happening in this like weird yeah you like you said you've seen some you see some effects like that's what i liked the whole time it's like oh we got this we got to do this mission but the whole time they're peppering little things that they're like okay well something's not right here yeah something's off and then obviously it starts getting ramped up and like there's it, a lot more of this mission whether, yeah. whether the people who sent them on it knew it or not would be interesting but i don't think so because they kind of talk about it at the end at the end yeah i mean we yeah. don't want to give anything away but yeah they kind of squash that but yeah but overall for people if you, if you kind of want an idea of what you're getting into so you have you know a young rookie private voice played by yovan adepto adepto which is pretty interesting he's the guy from true what is it yeah yovan adepo Jovan Adepo, maybe is how you say it. English-born American actor. He was in uh, The Leftover Season 2. That's where I know him from. Mm-hmm. He was also in Fences. Okay. So he's in Fences oh, 2016. Yeah, yeah. A really good young actor. Perfect for the guy, the fish out of water, who yeah. like also is kind of doesn't isn't a killer. Yeah. He's not evil. Like a lot of the guys who probably went to World War II and war in general, they go because they have to. They're not necessarily yeah. killers. Well, he know? said he was like, the first line, he was like, last week I was literally cutting the lawn yeah. at my house. Now, now I'm, I'm here. here. Exactly. So they get, they get find out they got you know they need to go in this mission they need to take out this radio tower because the the uh, allied forces can't for land D Day for sure. D Day I think yeah. Eisenhower you know is, has a bunch of speeches and stuff and they can't land if they don't take out this radio tower in France right yeah. run by the Nazis yeah. and then White Russell Kurt Russell's son is the new corporal that they just got that day who's there to help yeah. with like bomb experts right yeah. they got to bomb He's this like place demolition, yeah, demolition yeah. we'll get into his character and how good a job he did but man I would say one thing about him man in this movie the most I saw most Kurt Russell than any movie he's starting to really look like his dad Hmm. I, yeah, I can see that now you say that. His face, he's really he's starting to have that circle square mm-hmm. the way Kurt does. He's really starting to blonde Kurt Russell. Well, man. and I like, like, this is the first role I really saw where he didn't play a likable character. True. I mean, there was, like, there's roles where he's he was likable, but he yeah. was the most, cons- he was the most, hey, I'm a soldier. We yeah. got our mission. Like, I don't care about quality of human life or yeah. whatever. Like, we got to stop like, we, this reading. We need to get this done. And, like, that was a great, I think that was a good role for him. That's why I'm here. Yeah. You know, so he did a great job in that. So they get there. 
They start seeing this radio tower. They see, okay, there's more going on. You know, there's some yeah. interesting stuff. And that's where we don't want to get too spoilery, but that's where yeah. maybe the zombies and the, and the, uh, the experiments come in. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think it kind of, you know, one thing too, I want to say actually, the fight, the shooting, there's a shooting in a plane in the beginning. That was awesome. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Well, like the special effects and everything. It's almost like, okay, it's definitely not like the opening of, uh, Saving Private Ryan. Nothing but is, but it's a good opening. It's a very intense opening and you're not really expecting it. And I think that's like a great, it's hard. See, that's what I think is great about the film. It's like, it throws you right into the whole World War II vibe yeah. right off the bat. And it's just like, you just see a, like, you know, crazy explosions and you know, all these things are happening. And it's this really intense sequence right off the bat. And I, I think it really adds to the whole World War II vibe of the well, movie. It might be, obviously, it was so many years ago, but World War II was such an... And obviously, there was a lot of loss of life and everything. It's terrible. And there's been so many movies and television shows, and a lot of them have been pretty entertaining. Yeah. Band of Brothers, Saving Private Ryan. Yeah. You know, so if, if you want that World War II fix... Well, Call of Duty's original, you know, they start off... Yeah, during... Middle of Honor Frontline. Yep. So if you if you want that Middle World War II fix, you're going to get that from Overlord. If you want that horror zombie fix... Sorry, we just got a kitten here, Callie. She wants to be part of the show. She's right here on the table. So we are a cat-friendly podcast as well. While you're listening right now, we're eight minutes in. I'm going to say this is what the Falk Show. You're listening to SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, Pod Directory, my parents' phone, and hopefully yours as well. You can find me at my WTF show on all social media. Uh, we're talking about Overlord. Recently came out on, on uh, Redbox on uh, February 19th. Produced by J.J. Abrams. Yeah. And Bad Robot Productions. I actually love the intro because it was like that classic uh, like uh, 1950s style. Yeah. Like black and black and white, like kind of hazy feeling. And I was like, and I love the old... With the logo, the way they did it. That was great. Because they need to bring you back at that time. You need to feel like that, yeah. you know? And so J.J. Abrams produced... It was directed by Julius Avery, which hasn't done much, but he's, he's the upcoming director of this movie, The Heavy, by Paramount and Bad okay. Productions. Nice. But he's also even bigger. He's recruited right now. It looks like he's going to be the guy to write and direct the remake of Flash Gordon with oh, Matthew good. Vaughn producing. Oh, nice. Okay. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, so if Vaughn was initially... Supposed to direct it. But yeah. He's really focusing on the Kingsman. He loves Kingsman, even though he should be directing everything because he's such a talented director. But Kingsman's so, good. There's okay. the director of Julius Avery. Pretty good. Interested to see what he does next, but he did have a really good amount of, you know, good script and a good story yeah. to kind of back him up. Well, and you have JJ behind him, backing him. So, exactly. Like he's giving so, him that him. helps. It was funny because this was initially, this was, everyone thought this was going to be the next Cloverfield movie. Yeah, the fourth installment. I'm glad yeah. it wasn't. Yeah. I'm glad really... it wasn't because I'm getting tired of that. And, and, you know, I was thinking when I, before I was talking about we doing this podcast is that, um, you know, Cloverfield was so interesting because the way the trailer came out, it made you think so mysterious of mm. all the Cloverfield. Like, what is it about? Oh my yeah. God. And they really kept on with that. But every time almost for me, it's like Shyamalan, a lot of his last movies, if you're, it's all about like a twist ending or yeah. like a crazy, you know, story, yeah. then you're going to get unsatisfied. And that's how I kind of got, I liked the third one more than you did. Ooh, really? I didn't hate it. The Cloverfield Paradox? I just felt it was, an, it was an Cloverfield movie. They just slapped the name on and put the alien at the end just so it's like, okay, we can call it Cloverfield. Well, is the second one really that much... The second one's good, but is it really... like? Is there really like a, a theme that makes it a Cloverfield movie? Well, okay, okay. The only thing I'll have to say about this is Cloverfield 1 and Cloverfield 2 are, you know, far vastly different. They yeah. are. And it is an anthology. But those two have, like... Okay, so the first one's about the monster, big monster, but then the second one is about the monster in us. So I feel like those that's what's keeping it at the line is there's there is a monster in the first one terrorizing everything. The second one is how we can be the monster. Well and the second one is post monster. It is, attack. but I'm saying, but like, you know, I think that movie had a lot more deeper meaning when it's like, you know, John Goodman is the monster. I don't think even the monsters at the end of the movie is considered the monster of the movie. I think John Goodman is the monster because he wouldn't he's like keeping her locked up. It's like I think of um a representation of like 
domestic abuse and battered relationships God, and like dude, I don't believe see I don't I, I'm not trying to be mean here but all these deep meanings I don't believe that you watch it and you're like oh that's what this means I think you watch this and then you go watch a review or you read no. something and, and that's where it comes out because who watches it's like oh that is an allegory for domestic abuse and that is an allegory for why do you think I watched them so many for times the holocaust like I don't get how that works dude well like okay on the first watch no that's why I watch movies more than one time on the first watch you're just a regular viewer like yeah, us, I am. it's either good but, or it's not you know I know maybe I'll get some sort of idea what I think it might be but yeah that's why I watch that's why I like to watch them over and over again it's just like reading a story or even playing a game it's like trying to i just like to get in the side with the writer's head and like what is he trying to say like what is the message of this movie because yeah some movies are just as they are but i think movies like that especially horror movies uh horror movies especially uh they use the horror as an you know an allegory for life like you know in the 80s all the drug stuff, like Jason and stuff, that was all, you know, don't never say no to drugs. Like, well, then, like Dawn of the Dead and all the racial components, right? Well, yeah, and like, exactly. Night of the Living Dead, that was all about race and like, you know, the struggle. The Day, the uh, Day of the Dead was about the Vietnam War and the struggles of the people coming back post-traumatic stress. So yeah, there's like a lot of good things that come behind these movies. And I, that's why, but that's the joy of rewatching a movie, I think. It's like, so you can dive into deeper meanings as just the first watch. Yes, most first watches, I'm just watching the movie to enjoy it. But then it's like, and then it's like, hey, okay, I kind of have a think what it's about. So let me rewatch it and see what if I these things I think are you know accurate or if they have anything. Well, that's it. why that's what the Falk show. You you would you're going to be on this more and more, obviously, probably just forever going forward, whenever you're available, right? Because you're we've talked about movies our whole life, you mm-hmm. know. So might as well talk with you. <laughs> and uh, that's what I think. Hopefully, listeners right now or clickers can get is the fact that we. We have very similar views, but we also attack or look at it very differently in terms of how, you know, I'm all about like, and not to say it's better or worse. It's just, I feel like I'm, I'm maybe I'm more on the surface when I watch, I'm more about music and, and I, I kind of place it with my own experiences when yeah. I watch the movie, which I think is more the common uh, movie viewer. Like there's yeah. not a lot of movies I'm really going to watch over again, unless it's like a year later, I watch it in theaters and I wait, it comes out in the library, Redbox, yeah. and I get a free round, then I'll watch it again. Yeah. But one and done for me, I kind of just knock it off my list because there's so much for me to watch, you know? True. So I have so many things on my plate, but so I think that's interesting for someone, for someone listening right now is that you have two different point of views. So you're not just going to get the same rehashing of the same idea. Yeah. Okay, so one thing I want to talk about too is the writer of this. Pretty interesting. When I looked at his credits. So Billy Ray, okay, like the name of the name. writer. Alrighty. When I first saw that, when I first saw that in the credits, I was like this is like an ex Call of Duty player right here. This yeah. was play Call of Duty. <laughs> I feel like it was some kid on his PS4, and that's why that's why he wrote it. But uh, he started adapting this in 2016 with J.J. Uh, Abrams, right? Okay. Yeah, I remember it was on the blacklist. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, so yeah. they've been working on this for a while. But then I started looking at this guy Billy Ray's uh, credits here, and man, he has a lot of movies that I wrote. He co-writes a lot of these, right? So 1997, Volcano. Nice. One of my favorite Solid. freaking uh, disaster movies ever, dude. Yeah. Tommy Lee Jones, 2002, Hearts War. Okay. Colin Farrell, Bruce Willis, say, the POW, yeah. Americans, World War II. Okay. So another World Started War II. There. You have a 2003 Shattered Shattered Glass. He directed it. And he written it. Huh. And he wrote it. Shattered Glass That's... was the movie about the... Um, uh, sorry, the... Uh, what journalism one, right? Yeah, what do you call it when you uh, you fake write or you... you oh, you know, um, Plagiarize. Yeah. The plagiarizing writer for the Washington Post, I believe. You have Hayden Christensen. You have uh, uh, Peter... Um, what's the one guy who was in... Uh, was it... What's his name? Not, not Arquette, but... Uh, he had the big forehead, you know. He was in a like night and day. He Skarsgård. Oh yeah. Well, Peter Skarsgård, uh, not from the big Skarsgård family. And then uh, what else comes out? And then 2005, he has Flight Plan. He wrote okay. that a Judy Foster movie. So this guy has been working. And then uh, 2007, a Breach, the uh, Ryan Phillippe, Chris Cooper movie, <laughs> which was entertaining. He directed and that movie wrote always the... have a meaning to me because I um, broke up with a 
girl I was dating and just left her at the movie oh. theater that day. Oh, what a dick. No, she was very mean. She was a very mean-spirited person. Oh, I, I like She was Bruce. talking, she was making fun of this old couple for like being in love watching the movie and I was like, I, I'm now, I'm done with this relationship. Did, did you ever actually end up finishing the movie? That was pretty good. Yeah, no, I did. I actually watched it twice because at the time I worked in the movie theater so I took her and then I was like, well, I need to finish the movie because I get really antsy if I don't ever finish a movie so I went back and rewatched it. But yeah, it's very good. Chris Cooper, you can't go wrong with him. Can't go wrong with Chris Cooper, dude. He's one of my favorite parts of the kingdom. And com- the company man, Chris Cooper, is just an overall solid guy. So we're not done yet, though. So 2009, <laughs> a lot of these I like. 2009, State of Play. You know oh, I yeah. like that one. The Russell Crowe yeah. movie. These are all like your movies. These are all my movies, yeah, man. Like, I would write this like Weekend of Library movies. Yeah, I, I own that one with Russell Crowe. It was right, adapted right. from a miniseries. Rose McAdams. Right, right. Or no, sorry, Rachel McAdams. Rachel McAdams. Adapted from a miniseries, English miniseries, actually starring James McAvoy and Bill Nye. Hmm. So it was pretty big over there. They made a movie. Originally, it was supposed to be Brad Pitt, but he dropped out. And Russell Crowe Russell Crow stepped in. Okay. And I think he was better at it. Hmm. And then he's not done here. 2012, co-wrote The Hunger Games. Oh, okay. 2013, he, he helped uh, revise the script on Captain Phillips. Okay. So Billy Ray's not messing around. 2015, he produced The Breakup Girl. 2015, he produced, he directed The Secret in Their Eyes. That was a, uh, a Julia Roberts movie where her 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 daughter is killed, and then she's a she's a um, she works as a writer. Okay. And then she went to Elifor, the yeah. uh, the guy from um, the cop, the cop, well, yeah. The cop she basically about her trying to find the killer. Oh like, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Was, wasn't there also another Nicole Kidman? Yeah, there's another big name so, in it. I don't know. Are Julie Roberts? Are you a fan of hers right now? I mean, she's been kind of all over the place. I mean, I need to re. I honestly, I need to watch Homecoming because I think that's a good uh, jumping off point to re like get back into Julie Roberts because I keep hearing a lot of positive reviews about it, and so I need to check it out. Well, Secret on Their Eyes is pretty good, man. It's she's kind of been lately. She's been like the uh, disenfranchised mother. Yeah. In all her movies, and that's how she was in that, right? And is then, that the one with the the guy from Three Billboards and who from Three Billboards? The kid, the boy. Like, no, that's another movie. Like Ben is back. Or something. Oh, okay. I think that's she also. has two movies with like with him playing a heroin addict. That kid is is killing it. Yep. As far as a heroin addict, you know. <laughs> or every like every Best Picture nomination, he'll be in at least one of them. Yeah. Like for reals. Exactly. Okay, and then he did okay. Secret of the Eyes, and then 2018, uh, Overlord, and then he polished the script for 2019, Terminator. Oh, really? So overall, this Billy Ray guy is all over the place, man. Particularly, like, I love, you know, I love State of Play. I loved Volcano. I was a fan of Breach. Flight Plan was whatever. Heart's War was pretty good for a World War II movie. So, well, Flight Plan was interesting because it was, like... Kind of twist at the end. Yeah, it was a big twist, right? Yeah. But if you've seen these movies, I mean, you're going to have... I think you're... Another reason to I'm watch... Not, I mean, I feel like this is one of his better movies, and honestly, like, I really enjoyed Overlord. I, just, I think it just adds the list of Well, no, you're films, right. I mean, those know? are some great quality movies, and, like, all worth the watch. And I'm just, when you're saying his, uh, his uh, cinematography list, I mean, yeah, I really loved Overlord. I guess I, I like to say too, because for two people who work in entertainment, but like aren't known by the masses, you know, which obviously why would we, other than people listening, thank you. You have guys like Billy Ray here who's been quietly contributing to film yeah. for the last 20 years and you maybe didn't even know it. So yeah. I just want people to think about that. Those are the people that are really important, you know? Well, that's why the Oscars... Not the one-off tri- actor who does nothing after that, you know? Well, like, that's why the Oscars this year has just been kind of a joke to me because they were, you know... First, they're going to create a whole new category for the most popular films of the year. It's like, well, most of the movies that are nominated for Best Picture are popular movies, so I don't get that whole thing. Yeah. Then they're going to go ahead and... You know, not air 
the cinematography, editing, makeup, and live action shorts. Like those people, if you didn't have three of those four things, you wouldn't have a movie. Those people work so hard too. So yeah, take and, their glory away. And you wouldn't have a movie. Like you can't. How are you going to shoot something without a cinematographer? What, what are they going to shoot like them without makeup on? Yeah. And then how are you going to put it together? And so, well, the fact they lost their, you know, their host too. It's like this is, you yeah. know, this is. I don't ridiculous. know how good Kevin Hart would have really been though. So well, I mean, I he's know. he's funny, man. I mean, people really like him. Like, he's and he's screamed. universally being liked now. Like people like my dad like him. So it's like he's a universal. Well, we're close to the overexposure of Kevin Hart though, like we are with The Rock. A year yeah. or two. It already is with me. It's been a few years. So even people like your well, your dad's late in the game. But I feel like a lot of people are starting to get kind of tired of it. Was the Oscar thing a little too much? Yeah, but I personally didn't think he was even maybe the best Oscar choice, honestly. You know? Well, he hasn't done it yet. So like I mean, Paul Rudd. What he just he just hosted the NFL Honors. Huh. And that one ended up being pretty funny. That'd you know? Interesting. So I, Sam well, Jackson. We'll probably see Paul Rudd and Sam Jackson because what I'm hearing is they're going to force all the Marvel actors to do all the stuff. To do everything? Because yeah. they're the big ones? That makes sense. Well, it's also because ABC, Disney, yeah. you know, so they're like, well, we're just going to force you guys to do this. Yeah. So have well, fun with that. <laughs> okay, back to Overlord. Yeah. I want to talk about the villain of the film, mm. uh, Johan Philip Asbeek. Now, who I'm saying it right, he's from Denmark. You would know him. I know him as the Michael Shannon cologne. Uh, he looks just like Michael Shannon, dude. He plays one of the... Um, well, it's big role. He's a big role in Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones, yeah. Uh, the Greyjoys. Yeah. The he's Grey a Greyjoy. The people, you know, death, iron, iron. what is dead may never die. They're all in the sea and stuff. He's the big uncle for that. He's the one that he's trying to get with Cersei he's right now. Try to put a baby in her. Try to put a baby in her and see what she's into in terms of uh, sex stuff. He's already talked about it. So uh, he's he's pretty good in this. And he's been around. He's 36. Okay. He's beginning to start. I looked at his past credits of ones that we'd actually recognize other than Game of Thrones. He was ben Pontius Martin. Pilate in Ben-Hur, the remake. That movie sucked, but, I mean, that's, that seems like a good uh, role for his look, is playing okay. Pontius Pilate. I kind of remember that, yeah. Yeah, and then uh, The Great Wall. He was in The Great Wall. Also sucked. <laughs> really? Yeah. That's funny. That wasn't very good. Ghost in the Shell was whatever. He's the uh, he's the partner. Yeah. With the eyes. I thought he was Michael Shannon. That's so funny. Yeah. 2017, he was in Woodshock. I'm not sure what that is, actually. 2018, The Guardian Angel. That might be another, because he's done a lot of movies from Denmark. A yeah. lot of Swedish movies, you know, European movies. And then 2018, Overlord. He's got a good look. I think we're going to see him more. He was a good part of the movie. Definitely right? a good yeah. bad guy. Good bad He's guy. He's got a good bad guy vibe to him. He did. I mean, it's not just because, I mean, it's not like the foreign, you know, the whole foreign bad guy kind of thing, but he he really has this like wave, like not not quite Christoph Waltz, where it's like, no. you're like, oh, this guy's bad, but I like him. But he has that quality where he's still kind of charming at times. So it's like... He's kind of a charming evil. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. Not Christoph Waltz because Christoph Waltz mastered that charming evil yeah. kind of vibe. Maybe by the time he's his age, you know? Yeah, that's true. He has a lot of time. I mean, know? but Christoph Waltz has definitely gotten... I think I love what he's done. Like, we just did, saw Alita battle an angel. We did, yeah. And he was really good in that movie. And, like, so I, I, I hope this guy has a, you know, chance to you know be a, this quality of actor me too i'm hoping to lead a battle angel by the way we got to do another pod on that we did a live stream with no bullshit yeah but we need to do our own pod with that i was a big fan of little battle angel the action it was definitely one of those 90s action it was a very movies. solid weekend of movies to be honest with you it was like, i saw them all yeah and like so battle uh uh sorry elite battle angel uh isn't it romantic mm -hmm. that rom-com movie which actually was very very funny yeah and i think it was a good movie for rebel wilson and then the third one was uh, Happy Death Day to You. Yeah. So I saw it. I mean, I would say like all of them solid watches. Yeah. Yeah. Overall, Alita, I feel like it's going to, I mean, it made, it made good, it just premiered in China. Yeah. It made $62 million over its first weekend. I feel like it's going to recruit most of its money overseas. Yeah. I but, hope it does because yeah. I think this Alita will be another one like Overlord. Yeah. Where people kind of, it kind of, 
the fact that it got pushed back so many times it kind of made people forget about it and then it kind of fell through the cracks because it came out on valentine's weekend well that makes me worry though is it also going to be like overlord in terms of the fact that like it's overlord was great to watch in theaters for a lot of ways it's still Mm going to be good on your blu-ray yeah but um alita the 3d aspect was well done it was awesome no and that's the thing is can't get that just because i don't know how 3d is on a tv when you're you know you need like honestly i saw the the only like one that actually looked good was i saw it on like a 4k 3d tv and it was avatar so avatar has the good 3d yeah so it's like same company did that did the you know avatar 3d so if you have the stuff to set out for 3d it's gonna be good what about something uh as we uh, wrap up the spot overload go ahead and watch it what about something you've seen recently you'd recommend Oh, man. Legion Season 2. What's so good about Legion, man? Get us into it. I love that show. It is a show for weirdos. I'm just going to say it right now. No, it's... Uh, okay, so let me break it. It's basically Legion is the X-Men character of David Holler. David Holler is the son of uh, Professor Charles Xavier. And he ends up becoming this awesome anti-hero um, in the Marvel world. And the way they're doing it in the, in the FX show, it's perfect. Basically, it's how it's set up is the first season sets up David as he thinks he has like schizophrenia because everyone's told him because we don't know the world of mutants in this in this universe. So they they've basically told him like he's crazy and he's here all these voices he hears in his head. He's it's, he's schizophrenic. So the whole time he thinks he's bad. But then you find out that he actually has this mutant named the Shadow King inside his head, create him and make him think he's crazy. And the way they shoot it. It's just so beautifully the way they shoot the show. It's like... Is there any show that you can kind of compare for people to kind of say, okay, I like this, maybe I'll like that? Gosh, ooh, I don't even know, to be honest with you. It's Nothing. so trippy. So trippy. It's something I've never seen before. This whole last season, to represent the uh, like the telekinetic powers, was all dance battles. <laughs> like, that was awesome. Okay. And, like, they do this behind blue eyes version of the big final battle and it's so crazy weird i loved it well, and it's, it's done by the guy who uh, wrote or he uh, the showrunner and creator of the fargo tv series mm-hmm. on fx it's another fx show so bones as well so a lot of people that like it yeah bones there you go what a winner well, um, man that was on for like 13 seasons it was i worked on that show that show was so, so boring though dude i wasn't gonna be kind of bo- <laughs> it's so procedural i get bored my, of that. my mom loved it so. um for my recommendation here and thank you for listening so far we're almost gonna wrap up here in our overlord podcast is um i watched the uh the netflix has the new uh documentary they have the decades the cnn releases them probably i think in the fall and the netflix comes out like in the spring and it's the uh, cnn they do the decades so there's been the 60s the 70s the 80s the 90s i love all those it's great to be informed again obviously it's a tv show it might have its own political bias but it's good to kind of get informed a little bit on what their point of view is and see what's going on then you can look into it yourself you know do some searches and kind of do your own readings and judging um, but it's been great because the 90s i got to live through that a little bit so i got to finally start to remember some of these things and be there when they mentioned these things and that's kind of cool with this documentary because when you're younger, all the stuff you see in documentaries, mostly you weren't around for. So you yeah. just kind of get that secondhand uh, point of view. Well, also, we were kids too, so we didn't really take notice. Yeah, we, we weren't happening. consumers. We weren't contributing to the economy or anything as children. Our parents were on our behalf, basically, because we'd be annoying sometimes with toys and <laughs> shit. Um, but when it comes to the 2000s, that just came out a few days ago. And that's really interesting because it goes into iPhones and, and the internet and social media. And, and uh, it's a pretty interesting. I think it's entertaining. It's produced by Tom Hanks. Hey, Tom Hanks is awesome. Him and his Playtone production company. And if you like Tom Hanks, if you like just in being inf- informed and learning stuff, you know, the housing bubble, we'll talk about that. Um, I recommend it. There's worse things on there right now. So Miguel recommended Legion. I recommended uh, the 2000 CNN Can doc I throw on Netflix. Yeah. Uh, just since you're on Netflix, check out the Umbrella Academy. 
I was gonna get that's another pod. We'll do another pod for Okay, well I'm just saying so far so far I'm really liking Umbrella. It's very good. But overall we both we like all that and Russian doll, check that out. It's a crazy crazy Russian doll. I can't I can't speak on that behalf, but Russian doll. Well I'm telling him to check it out because it's 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 the, I have this reviewer that I really trust, and he it's the highest he's ever given a Netflix show. He gave it a perfect 10. Mm-hmm. And it is, the show itself, it's almost in the same lines of Umbrella Academy in the sense, like, you just have to see it to kind of get what I'm saying, because I don't want to give anything kind of away. But okay. um, it's it's definitely crazy. And it, I, I think it's very interesting take on a person's, like, perception of being stuck in like a Russian doll starring Natasha Leone on Netflix. Uh, it's kind of like a Groundhog Day meets horror with a female point of view. So pretty interesting. More, I would say more, it's a little deeper than that. Yeah, but that's the basis you would say. Yeah, for, that's, that's a good way. Yeah, the good way of putting yeah. it. Thank you. That makes it easier in terms yeah. of living the same day over and over in the same situation. Just yeah. Much like Happy Death Day to you. Yes. Uh, Miguel, uh, your chance to say goodbye. Anything you want to say goodbye in a certain cool way? Or... No. You need to start getting like your own little, you know, sign off, bro. If you're going to be on this enough. I don't, well, you have the sign-off. I'm just here. No, but you have your own sign-off. I'm just here for in, uh, intelligent points. He's just here for intelligent points. <laughs> that, no. That offer, that uh, follow my intelligent points. So, intelligent points. I'm just playing. Yeah, intelligent as well as mine. Hopefully, sometimes. Hopefully, you enjoyed this watch, this listen. The watch in terms of making it a YouTube video. I'm trying to figure out how to do YouTube. You guys can see what we look like, which could be a bad thing. I don't know. But it's just trying to get a set, a background I mean, that would I'm actually... i have to like start having to put on pants. Like that's, maybe. I mean, have a background that would actually be aesthetically pleasing. So that's kind of the journey that we're on right there. But this will be available on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, Pod Directory, my parents' phone, everything. All social media, at my WTF show. Thanks for fucking listening. Check out the Creed 2 that we just did. We're going to have a true detective, a retrospective and review of season three coming out this next week or the week after. So uh, we'll talk to you fucking soon. Be good. Don't uh, drink and drive and don't jaywalk. It's, it's illegal.